It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now, it's time for the show. Hello, hello, hello. Got Kevin off guard. He was, I was, he was surprised. on his phone and just kind of jumped right in without even giving him a, a look or a nod. I'm like, I'm trying, you know, we've been doing interviews. I got like all these messages and stuff I'm trying to reply to. And then all of a sudden I hear, hello, hello. I'm like, wait a minute. Give me a second here, man. Yeah, all right, but, well, let uh, me put my phone away. Yeah. Oh, you can talk. You can chat on it if you want. I mean, I'll just sit here and talk and you yeah, can that, just kind of jump in well, and throw a little Well, the funny thing is, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, it's not like anyone would know i mean i could totally be texting and tweeting and mm-hmm. facebooking and yeah. instagramming and snapchatting and right no one knows yeah but but anyway here mm-hmm. we are another episode of the worship ministry catalyst podcast mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. i believe 188 mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. it's hard we're <laughs> <laughs> sorry that, that was a lame joke that was good that was good i liked it <laughs> that's my kind of joke but uh Hey, 12, episode, 12 episodes away from 200. Oh my goodness. Almost do, uh, We've almost done 200 episodes of this podcast. That's crazy. I wonder if there's anyone out there who's actually listened to all 200 episodes. Like they've been listening this whole time. And they just, just I, keep... I doubt it. I don't even listen to the episodes, man. Like, <laughs> But you're in them, so it's a little different. You yeah. Know, so. I guess, I, I guess I've been... No, I haven't been in all 200 episodes. Because, most, most, yeah. Because there's couple. been a couple times I've been gone. Mm-hmm. You've been in every single episode, though, right? Because there's never been an episode where... Probably not because I edit them and upload them and do all that, so... Right, right. You... And you record all of them, too. Uh, So I'm pretty sure you are in every episode. Probably, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) But... uh... No, we're, uh, today we've got an interview for you, another great uh, interview. Um, this is Josh Davis of Proscuneo. We had to learn how to pronounce Proscuneo. that. Proscuneo. 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 That reminds me of Office Space when uh, with that Nina lady's spe- answer in the yeah. phone. <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, Thank you for calling. Yeah, it's like uh, corporate accounts uh, payable or something, <laughs> Nina speaking, uh, <laughs> whatever it was. We just watched that the other night because... Oh, uh, that's a classic. That is, yeah, that cracks me up. I just love the part where they just bust up the copier. And yeah, just like they yeah. they just go gangster style on that. Yeah. I think we machine. talked about that actually on the set, on the podcast Did a couple we? episodes ago. Probably. I think so. Anyway, Whatever. so uh, <laughs> you know, probably after we talked about it, you're you. It got planted in that, my subconscious. That was, yeah, exactly. Like we have to watch this subconsciously. You're yeah. like, I gotta watch this, and then here you are. So proscuneo. Proscuneo. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> .org is the website if you want to go check that out. But uh, we've got a great interview where we're talking with Josh about uh, multicultural worship. And um, he's got a great a great history, great experience, and uh, spent a lot of time kind of working on this and developing this and helping churches ex- explore this idea. So I think it's going to be insightful. I think right off the bat, you're going to wish you had more information. So um, 
if you want to go look at more information, he wrote a book that you can go check out on Amazon. So I'd encourage you to go do that while you're listening. Uh, go to Amazon and check out, look up Worship Together by Josh Davis. And it's uh, Worship Together in, in your, your church, church as, as in, it heaven. Is in heaven. So nice. uh, go look that up and just buy it if you, uh, if you want more information. Buy but here is our interview with Josh Davis. Well, for today's interview, we have with us Josh Davis of, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it, but I don't make any promises. Here we go. You got it. Proscuneo. 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 Either way, that's good. Pros, pros. Pros, is it pros or pros? How do you say it, Josh? Proscuneo. Proscuneo. Okay, you were right. I was wrong. Okay. I'll admit my fault. There you go. Proscuneo. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's a joy to be with you guys. So first obvious question, elephant in the room. Tell us, what is proskuneo? That's a great question. Yeah, proskuneo is the Greek word for worship. So when you read the New Testament, if you're reading in English the word worship, most likely it goes back to that Greek word proskuneo. I feel like you means- know that. Yeah, why, why, do, why do I not know that? You know what? Funny, now that you mentioned this, Josh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I actually studied this in Bible college. I think so. Right. But, I think right. that word probably came up at some point. Or but another. I feel like that was 15 years ago, and, <laughs> and a lot's happened since then. Totally understand that. Yeah, it literally means to bow and kiss towards something or someone. Um, even connotes the idea of like a dog licking its master's hand. So it's this lavish expression of love and worship and adoration. And we chose the word because we work with so many different people and so many different culture backgrounds and language backgrounds that we wanted something that wasn't English, but that was sort of uncommon, common ground for all of us. So since our scriptures go back to the Greek, we said, hey, let's pick a Greek word. Uh, And since we're all about worship, that was the obvious choice. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that's a very appropriate word, especially when you're trying to, you know, gather uh, different people and uh, the idea of worship. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do with uh, Proskuneo, kind of what your role is, uh, how you're involved in it. Yeah, well, uh, Proskuneo is all about bringing nations together in worship, seeing the people of God from different cultures and nations um, come together and worship Jesus on earth like one day we will in heaven. And um, my wife and I, uh, my wife Jennifer and I started this ministry about 15 years ago, um, just from the seed of a vision that God had placed in our hearts, not having any idea what it would end up looking like. Um, So... The founder of the ministry and now serve um, as the executive director, leading our staff team um, to accomplish that vision of seeing nations come together in worship. Hmm. Um, uh, quick question. Uh, D- David wants to ask questions too. I'll let you ask a question eventually, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just fascinated by yeah. this. So I'll, I'll Go jump for it. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, so you talk I'll just to- sit here and sound pretty. <laughs> I can't look pretty because it's an audio podcast. Right. But you can say. Right. You can sound so. <laughs> okay. No, here Good it is. Here we go, Josh. So, um, you talked about kind of this 15 years ago. It was this, you know, seed of an idea, and you know now, uh, you know now you're at this place. Uh, my question, I'm curious, what did it look like 15 years ago when you started? You know, what what was kind of the ministry looking like, and what does it look like today? In other words, what have you seen in terms of growth or change in the last 15 years of this ministry? Wow. Yeah, that's a good question. So first off, it looked like me and my wife uh, going all over the place, just the two of us, um, and really just trying to follow God wherever he was leading. Um, we didn't we didn't have a lot of clear vision at the beginning. Um, we knew that God had put a, 
a stirring in our hearts to see nations come together. But quite honestly, we were living in a real monocultural community, um, not a lot of diversity in the churches we were working in, uh, not a lot of diversity. So it's like, okay, how does this actually work? You know, um, and 15 years later, um, we've got a staff now um, and a board of directors that's incredibly diverse. Uh, our staff is um, from South Korea and from Sudan, uh, South Sudan, and from Syria and from the U.S. And um, our team is really diverse. Um, people from all kinds of different countries and uh, backgrounds on our volunteer team, and we're we're involved in a lot more areas than I ever thought we would. You know, we we were organized to come alongside churches to help them figure out what multicultural worship might look like in their environments. But now uh, we also have a school of the arts. We have a worship institute over the summer. Um, I just published a book a couple years ago about multicultural worship. And 15 years ago, it just wasn't on anybody's radar screen. I felt like I was saying multicultural worship and then just getting this blank stare. And now people are reaching out and saying, hey, we need to know how, how to do this because our community's changed or God's put donations on our hearts somehow. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So um, you, were just, you were just talking and I had a question come up in my mind as you were talking. And I, it was something different than what we were, we were going to ask. Now I'm having a hard time remembering it. Uh, I could ask more questions. Could, well, the screen flashed and I thought, oh man, are we going to lose power here? <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So, like, so for those listening right now on the podcast, so you got to understand. So David and I were in Vancouver, Washington which is just north of Portland, Oregon, not really known for being like a storm area. I mean, we're not like, you know, a heavy storm area. Uh, three weeks ago, we had this huge ice and snowstorm. And right now, probably the windiest it's been uh, for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really windy right now. Power lines are getting knocked down, and uh, you lost power at your home. Yeah, power's out at home. But yep. But I remembered, um, you said oh, you wrote a yeah. book. Um, about multicultural worship. Um, real quickly, would you would you give us the title and where people could find that book if they are interested in uh, tracking that down as a part of our conversation today? Sure. Yeah, the book's title is Worship Together in Your Church as in Heaven. And uh, it was written by me and my co-author, Nikki Lerner. She's a African-American worship leader at a large multicultural church outside of um, Baltimore, Maryland. The best place to find it is on Amazon. They sell it cheaper on there than I can sell it or even I can buy it. So I buy mine <laughs> on Amazon sometimes too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> buy, buy your own books on Amazon. Why not? Buy them and resell right. them and mark them up, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the glamorous life of an artist, uh, an author and artist, let me tell you. Right. That's cool. That's cool. Hey, Josh, we were talking uh, before the show, uh, um, before we hit record, the three of us were talking, and you mentioned – uh, that you live in Clarkson, Georgia, and uh, you gave kind of a, a fun little tidbit that is the most diverse uh, city in um, the United States. I think is how you worded, it, or you had some fancy word uh, of it. But uh, just exp- uh, maybe explain for the listeners kind of the uniqueness of what you have going in Clarkson, especially as it relates to what you're doing with kind of gathering the nations for worship. Yeah, Clarkston is this tiny little town outside of Atlanta. It's actually part of Metro Atlanta. Um, but for the last 20 plus years, um, refugee resettlement agencies have been resettling refugees in this tiny little town. Um, they picked it a while back for a number of reasons. And um, 
Now it's arguably the most diverse square mile in the United States. Uh, there's 60 different languages spoken in a 1.5 mile radius. Wow. So just, I mean, the diversity is incredible, but, but how compact it is, is also what's incredible. It's a tiny little town. Um, but we find constantly, I, I meet people who speak languages. I don't, no, I've never even heard of, you know, and I love to learn languages and cultures. So um, I've heard of more than your typical American has heard of, and I'm still learning new languages and new cultures um, every week and meeting people from unreached people groups in my town, you know, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, especially in light of your heart and your passion for, you know, the nations coming together for worship. It's like the fact that you're in this, you know, 1.5 square mile of diversity i mean it's like wow like god kind of had a plan in all that right yeah and the crazy part is uh this is the town where my wife was born oh, and wow. uh, we live in her grandparents house that they built in 63 and they moved to this town they they were white flight from the city of atlanta so when they moved to the town it was all white they had no idea what the town would become hmm. they built this house and then 10 years after they they die um, the house sits empty. My wife and I are able to purchase the house from the estate, make it live again, and live right there in the middle of the dream that God's given to us. Wow. It's pretty amazing. Well, uh, you've kind of talked about your heart for this. How did this develop in you? Where did this, where did this kind of stir up originally as you had this heart for, for, the, uh, for the different uh, ethnicities of the world? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't go looking for it. Uh, when I was about 13 years old, my parents decided to become missionaries, and uh, we moved from the U.S. to first to Costa Rica to learn Spanish and then to the Dominican Republic <clears throat> for a real formative part of my growing up um, was there and uh, became bicultural inside. So I've got Dominican inside me. You just can't see by looking at it, <laughs> looking at me. Um, and I speak Spanish fluently, so people freak out, you know, when they hear me speak Spanish, this white guy speaking Spanish. But um, so God opened me up to another culture, and I saw the beauty and, and became part of that culture. Um, and then I came back to the United States and realized every Sunday when I go to church, I've got to choose, am I going to be American or am I going to be Dominican? Uh, if I choose American, man, I, I miss the richness of the Dominican worship experience and Dominican church life. And if I choose Dominican, then I miss the richness of the American experience and, and church life. And there was no place that I could find where I could be both of those in a worship service. Um, and sort of that inner tension led me to realize, man, this is what the body of Christ deals with uh, on a daily basis and on a weekly basis. You know, we are a diverse body of Christ from people from every tribe and language and tongue and nation. But we often worship so segregated um, that we don't get to experience that richness that God's given us. So, uh, Josh, I got to say, um, and for those who have listened to the show for a while, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that I have uh, a love and an affinity towards the Dominicans. Uh, mm. I, I, uh, Tell me why. Yeah, so I have um, my, my wife and I, we've been sponsoring a child from the Dominican Republic for a number of years, but we've gone uh, three times now to visit him with Compassion International. So um, we, you know, we know the area. We love the people. We we love their heart, their joy, their passion. So uh, what we usually do is we fly into Santa Domingo, and then right. uh, we travel about four hours west along the coastline to um, Barahona, uh, which okay. is which is kind of a western coastal city. And it's about yeah. two miles, or sorry, it's about two hours um, away from the Haitian border. 
So it's kind of in that western area of Dominican yeah. Republic. Um, so we've spent we spent a lot of time uh, in Dominican Republic, uh, in Barahona, and also Santo Domingo, and uh, you know the people there uh, just love love them. So uh, anyway, I you were talking about you know spending time in Dominican Republic. I'm like yeah. I'm like oh I, like that. I feel like this it's a part of my heart uh, in the Dominican. Obviously, I didn't spend uh, you know years growing up there, but we have gone there three times. Uh, you know, to visit our sponsor kid. Yeah, it gets in your blood. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, I, I love uh, I love the churches there. I love worshiping uh, with the people there. Um, you know, we'll we'll do the uh, we go on the home visits, and uh, you know, just just um, wonderful, wonderful hearts and attitudes of people. You know, who are, I mean, they realistically they're living in poverty. You know, which is why we sponsor a kid. Uh, but uh, the faith they have, the joy they have, is just absolutely beautiful yeah well uh kind of taking another step forward in the in the conversation here so you 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 had a desire to bring this these two worlds together so to speak of the of the styles and the themes and the uh, genres of worship maybe that that you had experienced in your life um and so you kind of you kind of took that on as a process how would you now that you've kind of looked back on that you know years down the road uh, maybe learn lessons that you can share with us, but how would you advise and coach and counsel other pastors or worship leaders or churches that are wanting to maybe start, turn this corner and make, make multicultural worship a part of their uh, church identity? Mm. Yeah, I think um, one of the things I've realized along the way, because when I first started, I thought, yeah, English and Spanish, I can do that. You know, I, I have that inside me. Okay, God, nations coming together, great. You know, we we can do this. But God quickly showed me, no, it's more than English and Spanish. You know, um, each year now we work in over twenty different languages. Uh, we will lead worship. I'll lead worship this year in over twenty different languages. Wow. Um, I don't speak all those languages. I call myself multilingual, you know, because I can <laughs> sing songs in all those languages pretty convincingly. Um, but the key is, I've had to learn um, first to to see people who are different from me and um, to get to know them and to let them lead me, to, to let them teach me. Um, that's how I've learned songs in 20 different languages is because worship leader friends of mine from Congo and from Sudan have taught me their songs and worked with me until I got it well enough. And they checked me off and said, okay, now you can sing this in public, you know? Um, <laughs> but coming as a, as a listener and as a learner, um, is really important first of all, because truth be told, you know, <clears throat> you can worship together. Yeah, everybody can sit in the same pew on Sunday morning and you can sing songs in Spanish and English and leave and everybody feels good. But if those relationships don't leave with the people, if they're not connecting on Tuesday and on Friday, you know, um, then something's missing because it's about developing a worshiping community, not just a worship experience. Um, so that's what I would encourage, you know, get to, especially pastors and leaders, get to know people in your congregation and in your community who are different from you. Ask them questions and listen to their answers. Ask them questions about worship. Like, um, what part of the worship service is most meaningful to you and why, you know, and just listen to their answers or what's a song that connects your heart to God and why, and just listen. Um, another thing I would say is, um, look for 
what I call bicultural people or bridges. People like me who, who can bridge between Dominican and American culture because it's inside me. Yeah. There are a lot of second generations, uh, 1.5 generations, or people who've lived cross-culturally who could serve as bridges for leaders in the church um, if we would learn how to look for them and leverage them. Um, there's a strategic resource there. Yeah. Um, now, I'm curious, you know, I... Uh, um, I imagine that you probably have run into churches before, or maybe you haven't, I don't know. But my, my question is, what do you do with a church that maybe just doesn't want to be diverse? They're like, hey, we're really comfortable the way we are. You know, this is our people. You know, these are, this is the neighborhood we live in. Like, we don't have a need for being diverse. How do you talk to them and, and encourage them in this idea of diversity? Yeah, that's tough because, quite honestly, I don't. I don't believe every church should be singing in Spanish every Sunday. You know, um, that's not that's not what I would promote. Um, but I do believe that every Christian is part of a global body of Christ. Um, and like I said before, that global body of Christ is made up of people from all kinds of different cultures and languages and backgrounds. And I think we're stronger and better when we feel connected somehow to the global body of Christ. Now, for you, it might be um, that connection you have with Compassion International and the Dominican Republic, but you, you've got a connection. You realize it, the body of Christ is bigger than my local congregation, yeah. uh, which is healthy for yeah. us um, to realize. And I think, you know, for me, what, what really captured my heart and, and, and got me into this uh, with my life is seeing that picture of Revelation, that that's where we're headed. Um, you know, Revelation 5, Revelation 7 says, every tribe and language and people and nation around the throne, praising God together. Um, and so just helping people, you know, take a small step in that direction, getting our hearts ready for heaven. Um, you know, maybe you support missionaries across the world. If your congregation is monocultural, maybe you support a missionary in, I don't know, uh, Tibetan region of Nepal. What would it be like to sing a song from that region before you pray for that, that missionary? And um, how would that help you understand um, the culture there a little bit better and enter into what God is doing on the other side of the world, you know? Cool. Yeah, it's just, it kind of brings back memories of missions conference at Multnomah. And, yeah, totally. And, uh, the, the week we spent, uh, learning. And I think we had some great experiences there. I, I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed it. Yeah. And, David, uh, uh, David and I went to Bible college together, uh, back in the day. Uh, and this is the same Bible college where we learned the word proscun, uh, pro, pro, proscuneo. proscuneo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Any, anyway, but what they would do, um, at our, at our school every year, they have what was called missions week. And basically, they would cancel classes for the whole week. And instead of going to classes, you would go to, you know, all these um, kind of uh, breakout sessions and workshops and plenary sessions where they'd have different, you know, missionaries and people from different, um, you know, different parts of the world. Uh, like, I remember on, like, the first night, like, on that Monday night, uh, you know, during the session, they would have kind of this, like, parade of nations almost. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing. Um, I think a lot of people... You know, and I'll admit, I was probably one of those people, you know, 18-year-old freshman. I was like, boring, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I look back at it now, and I, I feel as I've gotten older, you have an appreciation, Josh, just like what you're talking about. Hey, we're all part of this global world. And, you know, I, I, I wish I could go back to when I was 18 and just kind of be like, hey, this is actually a cool thing, Kevin. Just, yeah. yeah. 
Right. Well, we've got uh, a few minutes left here, and so I would like to uh, take a quick turn if we can and jump to uh, talking and just kind of giving an overview of some of the music projects you have out. And uh, if you could just kind of talk to us a little bit about them and maybe how you put them together and uh, and maybe where we can find them too if they're available. Sure. Um, yeah, one of our projects that we've got out is called With One Heart, and it's um, a collection of songs, mostly original songs by people in our ministry, um, but then also a smattering of uh, global songs that we've connected um, to these songs. Uh, it's got a recording of a, a song that we helped um, a tribe in Panama write. It was the first ever um praise song to the Lord in their language and cultural style, you know? Wow. And so we tied that into a song in English um, on this recording. There's a song from Sudan, um, just a simple little singable chorus that anybody could sing in Arabic um, that's on the recording. And it's just a smattering of uh, voices and sounds from all over the world. Um, we recorded it in a bunch of places with our portable recording equipment, even on the back of motorcycles in the Dominican Republic to catch <laughs> some of these sounds. And, wow. um I love it's, that. It's pretty, pretty cool. It was a fun project to put together. Um, and the other one I'll mention is I'm part of a multicultural worship leaders network. Um, it's about a thousand people all over the globe. And um, a couple of years ago, we put the ask out to some of those uh, worship leaders and said, what songs have you written for the multicultural body of Christ? And um, they submitted songs. We picked the top um, number of songs and we put a recording together. Um, that's available on Bandcamp. Um, I gotta find that URL. Um, and the other project is available on our website, proscaneo.org. And can you uh, just real quick? Can you can you spell that out in case uh, people don't speak Greek fluently? Of course. <laughs> yeah, and I'll spell it in English too, if that'll help. So. Cool. Um, it that's P R O S K U. Neo.org, proscaneo.org. Cool. The other one is on Bandcamp, Multicultural Worship Leaders Network. Bandcamp.com. So cool. Check it out there. Um, kind of as a, a, a last couple minutes, as you uh, share with us, how would you encourage uh, local churches as they as they uh, delve into this? Maybe a little bit. You know, what what encouragement and. Uh, and uh, advice would you give us that you know maybe we don't have a, a much if any diversity in our uh, in our current worship service? What would you what would you encourage us with as we start looking in and pursuing that direction? Yeah, I think the first thing I'd say is um, even though it's hard, it's worth it. Um, it's in God's heart. And as um, you see throughout the scriptures, his heart for the nations, even when he was blessing Abraham, it was to be a blessing to the nations, you know. Um, and as as you take small steps, just take one small step. That could be um, going down the street to the African-American church or to the Korean church and just introducing yourself to the pastor there and uh, asking if you could go out to, to lunch and just talk about your city, talk about what God's doing. Um, it could be a small step like that. It could be just asking the person at Walmart that, that you've seen before that, you know, is probably from another country or speaks with an interesting accent. Just say, Hey, I love your accent. Could you, do you mind telling me where you're from? You know, not what are you? Don't ask that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> most of the time I find when people sense that you're really interested and willing to learn, uh, they're happy to share their language and their culture. Um, and, 
just take a small step. You know, as we're called to make disciples of all nations, that's all nations making disciples of all nations. And that can happen, like I said, at Walmart or at the gas station or at the church down the street or in your neighborhood. And uh, chances are, if you look, um, I remember when my, my wife was pregnant the first time and it was, it seemed like everybody was pregnant everywhere we looked, there were pregnant ladies, you know, because we, we had it on our radar screen and a lot of people say, you know, we don't have any diversity. And I'll say, well, go just for one week, just go and look, you know, look at the names of the businesses in your town. Um, look at who runs them. Look at who the bus boys are. Look at, you know, those kinds of things and see, um, that maybe the nations are closer than you think. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, thanks so much for your time uh, today with us, Josh. And uh, so uh, the the website is proscuneo.org. Are there other places that people can connect with you online if they're interested? Yeah, that's the best place. And you can connect from there to um, Twitter and Facebook and those kinds of things as well. Great. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. I do as well. Thanks. Yeah, so, boy, I I really appreciate his heart, you know, and I was telling you, David, just how it's it's really cool how God puts the body of Christ together, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he puts in us different passions, and, you know, for Josh, a passion of his was trying to bring the nations together, mm-hmm. and that's the way God's wired him, and it's really cool how he's living out that vision and that passion that God's given him. Right. Yeah, and... And like like you were saying before we before we recorded this uh, this section of the podcast is that it's great to see how God has wired all these different people for all these different things. Totally. And, and uh, love just love being able to connect and touch base with with the variety. I think is one of the things that we appreciate. You know, Josh was saying at the end of our interview. You know, he was talking about um, you know having eyes to to kind of see. Uh, you know, he's like, hey, just look, J- just look for those, you know, different, those different people. And he talked about when his wife was pregnant, how they, you know, hey, wow, look at all these pregnant people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it reminds me of, um, uh, I don't know if you ever used to play the slug bug game when you were a mm-hmm. kid. You know, you see a slug bug, you punch the person next right. to you. My sister hated it, right? <laughs> um, but it's the same thing. Like, you know, when we would play slug bug, I mean, we'd be looking everywhere for a slug. I mean, right. y- y- you have these slug bug guys. Um, you see one like coming 60 miles the opposite direction, you know, on the other side of the freeway, right. you'd see one because you were looking for mm-hmm. it. And I think that's such a great reminder that when you are looking for it, whether it's a slug bug or a pregnant person or someone with diversity, your eyes just kind of become in tune or aware of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that's, it's easy to overlook unless you're being intentional about it. Right. And, um, uh, Transformation Church. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but their pastor. Uh, he talks a lot about uh, diversity and in the church, and you know, kind of multicultural worship, multicultural life, and they're multi. They're very multicultural at their church, and uh, so he's done a lot of great talking about that. So I'd encourage you to go uh, look that up if you're not aware of that. It's called Transformation Church, but um, you know, we at least I think ought to have a desire as a church to be as diverse as the community that we're in. Right. Yep. And, um, if we're not, then I think that's, that should be a red flag to us. If we, if we live in a fairly diverse community and yet our church is all only all one race or one ethnicity, then, then I think we probably have a little bit of work to do on in terms of, 
of the way we do ministry, the way we reach out to people, the way we do styles and forms of worship that aren't maybe what the people who are already there are expecting, but but uh, who who aren't we reaching because we're so focused on who we already have? That's a good challenge, mm-hmm. really good challenge. And, you know, I, I think something that we can all kind of say, yeah, can can we do better? Yeah. So, uh, so again, go check him out at proscuneo.org, and I would love for you to kind of follow up with that as well as some of their recordings uh, with One Heart and uh, what he's got on Bandcamp there. Uh, well, I can't remember. It was a long one. It was like... Uh, oh, it's just go, just go back a few minutes and yeah, he just says it. But uh, that's all the time we have for this episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. You can find us online, and uh, of course, you can go check out Garden City Project and a lot of the stuff they've got going on there and these connections that come uh, from Dave Yalk over there at Garden City Project. So go check them out at uh, Garden City Project and then uh, worshipministrycatalyst.com, twitter.com slash wmcatalyst, facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst, or you can send an email to... Send it to me, uh, Kevin, at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And uh, we always appreciate your feedback on iTunes, and we're on Google Play, but no one has subscribed yet on Google Play. Nah. So if you're looking for, you know, you don't have an iPhone and you want to subscribe, if maybe he, Kevin should be our first I, subscriber. Yeah, I mean, I, I have an Android phone. Yeah. I, I have the Samsung Galaxy, so maybe that's my calling. But yeah, yeah. so you can uh, subscribe on, on Google Play, too, and uh, find the podcast on there if you want to do that. But just give, uh, we love it when you give reviews and feedback, and as always, help spread the word about the podcast and let people know what's going on over here at Worship Ministry Catalyst. Until next time, have a great week. Bye-bye. Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst. <laughs>